0: Well, as always, it's so good to be with you, and happy, happy Easter. Let me ask you a question. Anybody here getting an Easter basket today? Huh? I see hands going up everywhere. Candy, right? Maybe a, maybe a little stuffed animal, and of course, eggs. Now, I've got, I got to ask this question, because I've not done Easter eggs in a while. Do they still dye Easter eggs? Do they? Okay. Do you still have to put vinegar in the water before you put the tablet in? You still do? Okay. Well, that's good. Technology's not changed, so I probably could still do it. Well, what a joy it is today. And my heart is full of joy, full of happiness. And that's because Jesus is full of happiness. So the question that comes to my mind right off the bat is why was Jesus happy? Why was he happy? You know, this was the resurrection day, and he really, he really was happy. Well, one, one thought might be that, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not for sure why he would be happy, somebody might say, because, you know, on uh, Holy Thursday when he was at the, uh, and when he was coming in on Palm Sunday, everybody thought, well, he's going to overthrow the Romans. He's going to throw the Romans out. And he's going to establish the new rule. Well, that hadn't happened, so that wasn't why he was not he was happy. That wasn't it. Uh, he wasn't uh, the king at that point, at least of this this world. He wasn't. Um, another thing might have been well, maybe Ananias and Caiaphas. What about them? Well. You know, they were the religious leaders, chief priests, father, father-in-law. Wonder, always wonder about how that happened. Uh, but father and father-in-law, and uh, you know, they were they were at the temple that day. They were trying to uh, spin. You know, we don't spin anything in this world today, do we? No. Well, they were trying to spin. See, there they, we were in hot water with some people because hey, they crucified Jesus, and they thought Jesus was a prophet, you know, they thought he was the Messiah, so they're trying to uh, do what we call damage control, you ever done any of that, damage control, Uh, well, you know, uh, that wasn't it, because that was still going on, or maybe, maybe that's something to do with Pilate and Herod, you know, it says that after, during this holy week, that they became friends, they were political enemies, but now they became friends because they came together about Jesus. And, uh, you know, business was as usual that day. They were politicking. That's what they do, you know. They were politicking. So, you know, that had continued on. They were still in positions. So that really, uh, you know, Jesus couldn't be happy about that. So, really, some of those type of the some of the things that were going on in the world hadn't changed. So why was Jesus happy? You know, he was happy. Uh, was it because there were no more thorns? Remember the crown of thorns they weaved for Jesus and placed on his head? Or whips? The cat o' nine tails? Or was it because there were no more nails? Was it because there were no more spears to thrust into his side? Well, that's a possibility, you know? Uh, you didn't want to mess with Jesus after the resurrection. Now, one thing you've got to remember about Jesus is this. The only reason that the Lord subjected himself to these things is because it was the Father's will at that time. But now it wasn't the Father's will that you messed with Jesus. You, you really didn't want to do that uh, because if you came up and tried, he'd say, hey, you want me to call a few thousand angels to come to my aid and assistance and sort of kindly remo- remove you from the situation? Well, I could see how Jesus would be happy about about that. You know, he was invincible at that point. Uh, But that really wasn't what it was. Uh, Why was Jesus so happy? We really begin to uh, feel the effect of his happiness when we hear him speak, as we heard in the Gospel of John today, when we hear him speak to Mary, Mary of Magdala. I love Mary. She is my favorite saint in the Bible because she was a woman who recognized her situation and she recognized how much grace and love and mercy was extended to her through Jesus and boy do we see it when Jesus comes when she comes up she's she's seen the tomb is empty and she goes and she says where is he all he has to do is say one word and she knows exactly who it is what, she said, what did Jesus say? Mary. That's it. And she knew immediately that was Jesus. She knew it. You know, she could hear that happiness in his voice. Or what about the apostles later on in the day? They would be uh, in a house, in a room, locked up, doors, wind, doors locked, windows shut, all those kinds of things because they were afraid. What does Jesus do? Well, he walks through the door to begin with. He doesn't open the door. He just sort of walks through the door. Uh, you know, he could do anything he wanted to do. He was Jesus. And, but he, we feel that sense of happiness about him, that sense of calm, because he says peace be with you. And he'll say that on numerous occasions. Peace be with you. Don't be afraid. You know? That's pretty good, isn't it? When you're all upset and wound up with things going on in life, and somebody of an authority comes up that you respect and says, don't worry about it. Does that make a difference? Well, of course it does. Peace be with you. Why was Jesus so happy? Well, I think we begin as we start to see there was something internal had taken place within his life. He was happy. Gosh, he was happy. I mean, that, there is no doubt about that. I think we get a hint of it in what Paul wrote in the book of the Hebrews. He said this, Paul said this, For the joy of what lie ahead on the other side of the cross, he endured the suffering of the cross. For the joy laid before him on the other side of the cross, he endured the suffering of the cross. Something was going on with Jesus. I mean, you know, he was happy. And it had to be a a big event. I mean, it was a big event, right? And he realized it was going to be a really big event. Now, I was trying to put my finger on that. What's the best illustration of what that might be that would be that significant that you could switch gears that quickly? The only illustration that came to mind is childbirth. Childbirth, uh, for you moms in here today, when it's time to deliver, what do we start with? We start with labor pains, don't we? Okay, you can relate to that. And, uh, you know, fathers are there and all that kind of stuff, so they, they get to see it too. But it can be pretty rough sometimes, can't it? It can take uh, several hours of that. It can be tough. I've, you know, having had two sons and been there when they were born, I'll have to tell you this: it's a, it's game changer. When that baby, when that mom sees that baby, all that suffering goes away, and all she feels is happiness. That's how immediate and how quickly it is. Something that goes from one intensity to a very next intensity. And that that's sort of. What happened here? I mean, you know, Jesus was laying on a cold slab in a tomb just a few hours earlier, and now he's up and he's around and he's happy. I think that's pretty substantial. Something of extreme significance had happened. What was it? Why was Jesus so happy? Why was it? Well, the mystery is solved in what he said to Mary of Magdala. I love that. See, Mary was the first. She's called the apostle to the apostles. That's her name, apostle to the apostles, because when Jesus appeared to her, he said, I want you to go tell my disciples this, all right? And what does he say? He says, go tell them this, my father and your father, my father and your father. That's how he prefaces it. But let's just stop right there. That's plenty right there. Because what's Jesus doing? My gosh, no wonder he's so happy. God is his father, and now you're the child of God, your father. That's why I was so happy. See, that was Jesus' mission. That's why he came. Jesus came to restore us to God. He came to restore us, to make all things new. That's why he came. That's why he was here. And he had fulfilled that on the cross. And now the tomb was empty. And now he says, go tell them, your father, like we'll pray in a minute, our father who art in heaven, your father, that's a game changer. Here's why you go back to the very beginning of time there's something you realize God made you in his image and likeness why did he do that because he wanted to have a friendship with you he wanted to you to be called his child the children of God but sin disrupted that relationship it fractured it it fragmented it and it never could be the same Unless God did something to change that. And guess what? He did. God did something to change that, didn't he? What did he do? Well, it was him himself. I mean, you know, God in the form of Jesus came and he reconciled the world to himself. That's what he did. And because of that, because now we could be restored, renewed, now we could fulfill our mission, our purpose our reason for existence in life, meaning to have a relationship with the Father. Wow, now I can see why Jesus was happy. He was happy for you. He was happy for you because now the gates, everything had been opened up to this wondrous relationship with God, restored, renewed, you know, happy. You know, that raises a good question today. It really does, child of God. You've been restored to God through Jesus. Are you happy? Are you happy? You know, the pundits are continuing on the news stations today to, to spin their doctrines and things, and things are going on in the world, but are you happy? And if why, if not, Why not? The most important thing in life has not been taken away from you. And that is your Father. Your Father is with you. Wow. No wonder Jesus was happy. I'm happy. (laughs) You know, I'm so happy about that. I mean, I really am. I mean, I I couldn't be happier, really, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, see, God is your father. God is our father. And that's so beautiful. So here's your challenge today, especially if you're not happy. Make your relationship with God your number one priority. Remember this. That's why you exist. That's your purpose for life. You know, all these other things, well, they're good, but they're superfluous compared to your relationship with God. Make your relationship with God number one. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and you will be happy. God bless all of you. Happy Easter. And now, please remain seated. Dear brothers and sisters, through this Paschal mystery, we have been buried with Christ in baptism so that we may walk with him in newness of life. And so now that our Lenten observance is completed, let us renew the promises of holy baptism by which we once renounced Satan and his works and promised to serve God in the holy church. So now I ask you to stand. My dear brothers and sisters, do you renounce sin